Now it's time for a plant fact. Roses are one of the oldest ornamental plants in cultivation, with a history going back over 5,000 years. The philosopher Confucius wrote about them, and Roman emperors treated their guests to dining on carpets of rose petals, with thousands more raining down from above. Become a part of this epic history by planting a proven winner's rose. Just look for the white containers at your local garden center or visit provenwinnerscolorchoice.com. Are you ready for spring? Well, now's the perfect time to head out to your local garden center and pick up a hydrangea from Proven Winners to add to your landscape. Proven Winners hydrangeas are gorgeous and simple to care for. There's just no better or easier way to enjoy a flower-filled summer. Take the time to plant one now and look forward to years of enjoyment and compliments. Look for Proven Winners Hydrangeas in the white containers at your favorite garden center. All Hit Radio Welcome to the X-Zone. A place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, and around the world on the Exxon Broadcast Network and our fine family of broadcast affiliates and satellite programming providers. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com, on all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV, and our main website where you can listen to the Exxon 724-365, www.exxonradiotv.com. Let me ask you a question, Exxon Nation. Can social media destroy careers? Well, I've got a great guest this hour. Her name is Beate Chalette. She's nationally known uh, as a gender decoder, social media expert, speaker, creator of The Woman's Code, and author of Happy Women, Happy World. And joining me now is Beate. And Beate, thank you very much for joining us tonight. I'm looking forward to sharing this next hour with you. Thank you so much, Rob, for having me. I am really excited. Well, we're excited to have you here as well. Um, tell me a little bit about Happy Women, Happy World. Happy Woman, Happy World is the book I wrote because I was a single mom, mm-hmm. a hardworking entrepreneur single mom, and I found that there is so little out there that really helps women to take a look at sort of what's going on in our lives. Uh, And if anybody has ever met a woman, you know that we're constantly helicoptering over 20 different things at once. So every book I ever touched, you know, Mm -hmm. told me about one thing or another thing, but nothing really said, hey, listen, this is the way it's going to go. If you're a single mom, if you're you're working, if you make it happen, um, this, this is what you need to know. So I finally wrote the book, Helping Women to Get from Overwhelmed to Awesome. Now, um, let me see, you sold your creative company in 2006 to Bill Gates for millions of dollars, I understand. Tell me about that. <laughs> yes, I'm lucky to say that the, the story of the, you know, the woman that left to find adventure mm-hmm. and conquer the world has come true. I have made my own American dream happen, and 
I built a company, a creative company, a photography business. I'm a photographer by trade. Mm-hmm. I'm originally from Germany, and I came uh, to the United States because I wanted adventure. And I have been a photographer representative, and things were disastrous And in the end. And then I was a photography producer in September 11th. I lost my entire business. Oh, no. So I had this 10-year period of absolute devastating heart knocks and hardship and then finally my ship came in and I was able to create a business that attracted the attention of uh, Corbis which is a privately held uh, company by Bill Gates and I had figured out how to do something that they wanted to know and I told them if you want to know it you have to buy my company and they said yes and I said I'm going to be expensive and they said we don't care and so that's how I became I'm multimillionaire. Fascinating. You know, you are the perfect example of anything can come true as long as you put a lot of hard work, dedication, and you're not afraid to take chances and you live your dream. Absolutely. And and you know, and you said you just said uh, you're not afraid to take your chances. Uh, yes and no. I will be honest okay. though with with your listeners. I was afraid. And I definitely had to muster up a lot of courage. I think Maria Shriver put it best. She said, if you don't feel fear, you don't need courage. So I think, you know, a lot of times we think when we hear these success stories, like, mm-hmm. yeah, well, they did something, you know, really extraordinary. But it really is the the desire to persevere and or the audacity to not give up. And at the end of the day, because I'm just not going to give up, I had no chance, no other choice but to muster up the courage. But I was definitely afraid, and I was definitely fearful. But I wanted it more than the fear was holding me back. When we look at the world today, and I've got about a minute here before I have to go for my first commercial break, it, it seems that women are finally getting the recognition that they have so long deserved. And it's great to see women actually taking their place in corporate America and corporate Canada. Absolutely. And I think it was about time that women stepped up. But, you know, what we will talk about is that women need to stop fighting with each other first. Don't tell me women fight with each other. (laughs) Well... There is uh, definitely a movement for a new and better sisterhood. All right, let's talk about women... that. Let's talk about that when we come back for our two-minute commercial break. Jeez, imagine that: women fighting in corporate America. I thought that was the only thing guys did. Yeah, <laughs> Exo Nation. Our special guest this hour is uh, uh, Bethe Chalette. And we're going to be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue here in the EXO. Now, if you'd like more information about Biathe, her website is www.thewomenscode.com. That's thewomenscode.com. And I'll be back on the other side of this two-minute commercial break right here from our broadcast center and around the world on the Exxon. Don't go away. Exonation, uh, Beate Chalette is our very special guest this hour. Her website is www.thewomenscode.com. 
www.beatefrancois.com. And uh, Beate is an internationally known gender decoder, social media expert, speaker, creator of the Women's Code, and author of Happy Woman, Happy World. Um, we hear about the backstabbing in corporate America and corporate Canada. When, when men, and we usually relate that to men in business, uh, so it really does happen with women too. I actually think it's worse with women. And the, you know, the data that we had seen, and there was, uh, you know, the movie Mean Girls, and mm-hmm. there's been, you know, all this exposure. Phyllis Chesler famously wrote a book called uh, Women's Inhumanity to, uh, to Woman. And we have seen that uh, passive aggressiveness with women starts at age nine. So anybody has a daughter, you know exactly that, you know, sort of middle school is the worst time for, for the girls. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, Susie uh, stops being Hannah's friend. There's no reason. It's just because somebody else is prettier. We don't know what's going on. We can figure it out. And this behavior many times is being sort of brought forward, the high school stuff, and it goes then, of course, into your workplace. And as you grow through the ranks, uh, this behavior, unless you consciously get rid of it or you're aware of it, you know, that's just who you are. Women have been called, you know, and I'm going to say a bad word, I hope that's all right, have been called bitches and worse, the way they they mistreat each other. And I, the reason I wrote Happy, Happy Woman, Happy World is I wanted to give women a code, which is why I call it the women's code. So if you imagine that we've only had 50 years. There's really a a lot of background to that. Women only had 50 years in which we could be anything and do anything we wanted, Rob. But men have Mm -hmm. had thousands of years to figure it out. So needless to say that when you turned us loose or when we turned ourselves loose, the pendulum swung entirely the other way. And we just went out and went crazy, every woman for herself. But that is now changing. So where do you see um, where do you see corporate America in the next five years when it comes to the ladies in industry? I think what's going to happen, and that's you know the part of my corporate program that I've been rolling out, is I I want to create a bitch and bully free office zone. Mm-hmm. So the idea really is that women first need to learn how to have a code and how to interact with each other better. And there's, you know, in my book, I describe that women leadership principles have not been defined up until now. And this is part of the work of the Women's Code is to define what is leadership for women. Leadership for women is not being a guy. Leadership for women is being a woman and leading on women-centric and women-based principles. That awareness is now happening in corporate America and corporate Canada, where we are really seeing that um, we are understanding now that different qualities that people bring to a team complement each other and raise the team intelligence significantly, which means you know, greater output, greater corporate profits. Right. So now all of a sudden, we are looking at how this is changing. How has social media affected women and the workplace? Well, first of all, we now know, we know that uh, LinkedIn, the uh, professional website, 
for professional um, social interaction or networking is become the, the the number one go-to tool for anybody who really is serious about business. So no, about 90% of employers are actively using LinkedIn. I don't think there's an HR person in the world now that doesn't go and Google uh, your name and what's out there, what's written about there. So Social media now is an extension of your personal brand. I call it, you know, it's part of your personal value proposition. So what people forget is that when we are not careful what we write, what we comment, and what we say, that a lot of these comments do show actually up in research results when you Google your name. So if you call somebody a name or if you're involved in something, um, you know, like an online fight of some sort, mm -hmm. that could come up and it could cost you your job. Wow. So how should people, you know, is, is it a matter of looking at the entire scenario and saying, all right, not only do we have to have a code of conduct basically in the workplace, but we should also have a code of conduct for our social life when it comes to anything that is online. Well, but see, Rob, this is the entire point. This is why we have a code. So when I talk about, you know, when we talk about the, the men's code or mm -hmm. the man code, we know that, you know, and I always, I always tell this joke. I say the joke goes like this. So a, uh, a man doesn't come home at night. The wife says, where have you been? The man says, I slept over at my buddy's house. Yeah. So the woman you know, calls all ten, 10 friends. Out of the 10 friends, all 10 say he was there last night and two swear he is still there. A woman doesn't come home at night. Husband says, where were you? She says, I slept over at my girlfriend's house. The husband proceeds to, to call 10 girlfriends, none of which have seen her and eight expected her to be cheating anyway. Wow. So, so the idea of the code is that we first need to have a code for ourselves. So just like a man doesn't throw another man under the bus, and a man, you know, mean, you know, I think the worst word a man calls another man most of the time is a douchebag. You know, whoa, that's a really yeah, bad bad thing to say. Mm -hmm. And um, but women say a lot of. A lot of terrible things to each other or there's this like the minute uh, you know we turn around somebody talks about us behind our back so the first step is always taking responsibility for what you're doing yourself so that code you're talking about is not just a a code at work but I think we need to all each have our own code a code of conduct that we live by and whether it's the man's code or the women's code you want to call it a life code a work code but now with the transparency of the internet and with especially social media being uh, being searchable and Googleable, mm -hmm. we need to pay great attention to how we appear and how we show up do you think that this is something that should be taught in school to prepare people both men and women oh. for the workplace you know what? I think that's a brilliant idea. I think that social etiquette mm -hmm. should be a part of everybody's education because, you know, like we prevent our, we tell our kids, do not sext or do not send pictures of yourself out there. Once it's yeah. on the internet and you're topless, it'll be there forever mm -hmm. and you can never get that photo back. And then they don't think about it. And we've seen uh, in the bullying cases and the harassment cases and what's been happening in the last couple of years that people, you know, people have committed suicide over information yeah. 
that has gotten into the into the wrong hands. So I do believe that this personal branding and the transparency the social media brings really is something everybody has to be paying great attention to, and it should be taught. And the employers should teach it too. Should, do you believe that the employer should have total access to a worker's computer while they're at work? Um, you know, I believe that. Yes, I. I. You know, it, it's it's a divided it's mm-hmm. a divided sort. So, the trust is always a big issue. So, if I trust you, then we. I may not have to go. You know, I. I don't ever want to have to go there. If I distrust you, I want to go there. So that's already the bad, a bad relationship to begin with. So if we focus on the relationship between um, a workplace and the people that work there, and we can get the buy-in from the people that work there. You know, like we always talk about why um, people that drive a UPS truck are always so friendly. We wonder why people at Starbucks are all cool, and we wonder why Zappos is the happiest company because everybody buys into what the philosophy is. So corporate America has to change in that sense yeah. that they have to get a better buy-in from their people, you know, and focus more on relationships. It seems that the companies are starting to finally clue into the concept of making the workplace environment more people-friendly and the more you meet your employee halfway, the more they give to you. Isn't that funny how that goes? The, mm-hmm. the, you know, the giving principle. The giving principle is you give it out one way. Yeah. It'll never come back the same way you give it out. It always comes back another way. But as long as you give and you don't worry what's in it for me, but you worry more about <laughs> what can we contribute, then all of a yeah. sudden the world gives back to us and contributes back to us. You see, here at our company, Relmar, we have a very simple philosophy. There is no I in team. It's very basic. We work as a team. Yeah. Teamwork. That's, that is behind the success of anything on this planet, whether you're looking at law enforcement, whether you're looking at corporate America, or whether you're looking at the little general store that mom and dad own and the family works together in making a success. Teamwork. And I think that social media is a double-sided sword because social media gives you the ability to become part of an international team and think tank, but it has also been used as a social weapon. And I think that by people like yourself giving out your experience, giving out your expertise we're going to see the pendulum swing in favor of the teamwork aspect. I love the way you think. And, you know, how do you, how do you start the, the changing of the mentality, the changing of the thought process to make it more open, more accessible, and more productive for the employer, but also more, more um, enjoyable for the employee without breaking that fine line between boss and employee? Well, you know, the, the way I do it is I, you know, obviously I do corporate training. Mm-hmm. So what, one of the tools that I use, and, you know, maybe our listeners will find this helpful, is there's a picture on the Internet I found, and it shows a car. 
and somebody had taken this car apart. And so you see this image of a thousand pieces, mm-hmm. you know, everything that goes in a car. So I ask the question, which of these parts is the most important part for the car? Somebody says the engine. Somebody says the tires. Somebody says without the brakes, hey, nothing, you know, it would be very, sure. very unsafe. So I get the feedback and then finally said, you know, all the way the oil was laughing because without the oil, nothing works or the transmission fluid. Or what about the tiny little screw that holds the engine in place? Yeah. So really what what the idea is, is that we have to step away from feeling superior. Beate, we've got to take our news break. I'm sorry, hon. I tried to hold on as fast as we can. Exonation, we'll be back. Don't go away. Exonation, uh, Beate Shalat is our special guest. We're talking to Beate this hour about her book. It's called Happy Woman, Happy World. Her website is www.thewomenscode.com. And before we went to the commercial break with the news at the bottom of the hour, you were telling us about this visualization that you use about a car being in all these little pieces. And you ask people at your corporate uh, seminars and lectures, which is most important? And please, carry on from there. We left off, I think, with the oil laughing. Yes, the oil was laughing at everybody, at the engine and the brakes, because Mm -hmm. without the oil, nothing works. So the truth of the matter is when we look at the picture, it becomes very clear very, very quickly that the car will not function unless all parts are in place and all the lubricants are filled in, and, you know, and, and the proper maintenance is done, and, you know, and off we go in the car and we, we, we drive away. So the reason this example is so simple is because that's really what it's all about in a corporation, mm-hmm. including the janitor. That's right. Every person has their own function. And when we appreciate the strength that we bring to the table. And instead of covering up of what we perceive our weaknesses to be because we're afraid that somebody might take our job. Mm-hmm. But what if I were to focus on what I'm really good at? And I'm going to give you another example. So I am a Myers-Briggs a certified practitioner, and a Myers-Briggs is a personality assessment where you find out sort of what your innate strengths are. And in this finding of you know, of of who I am mm-hmm. at the first time I've done it. So I'm writing all these things down, and I'm the same type as Steve Jobs, uh, you know, the, the, the former CEO of, of Apple, yeah. who unfortunately has passed away a few years ago. And I'm writing all of this down, and I'm looking at what I'm saying, and I'm going like, wow, now I know why people think I can't come, I can't come across as arrogant. And I was shocked because, to me, I'm the nicest person on the planet. But I recognized that what I thought of myself and how I presented myself could be perceived completely different. I love systems. Mm -hmm. I love processes. And I'm German, for crying out loud. So everything is a process. Everything is German engineered. (laughs) But I forget about the people because in my world, if the systems work, the people should be happy, shouldn't they? And then yeah. there come the other people, and they say, wait a minute, the people have to be okay first, and the systems need to support the people. So what I learned, and, and sort of what, the, what the, the story is about, is that 
I need somebody on my team who can make it all about the people because it's not my innate uh, strength. But somebody who is all about the people will need me on their team because I can make processes work really well. So if we take these two strengths now and we put them together, we have a better work product. Better work product is better outcome, is more money for everybody, happy corporations, happy employees. So I think it's always the awareness, and it's the first pillar of the women's code is awareness. It's like, who are you? What are you really good at? And why don't you focus on that? Let me ask you about a question about outsourcing. How is outsourcing affecting the uh, corporate America? Outsourcing, you know, I, I work with an outsourced team of about eight people all over the world. From, mm-hmm. you know, my people said from Italy to um, Australia, they're everywhere. I find that outsourcing has great advantages because, of course, it's financially very viable. People only come in for whatever their jobs are. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with, with, with things like GoToMeeting or Skype productivity tools, you know, it's great communication. I mean, it looks like you're meeting them, you're looking at them, it's face-to-face type of thing. But what I did find is that outsourcing will never replace the water cooler conversation. Yeah. Never. It will never replace that, um, hey, Rob, do you have time for a drink? Let's go, let's go downstairs. Let's stay an extra hour after work, and let's just talk. You know, the napkin idea. Mm-hmm. You don't have that with outsourcing because you don't have that interaction. How about starting up your own business? Is, is it more viable today than it was, let's say, 10 years ago? I think for most people, starting their own businesses is in many cases the only way they will be able to survive. In your opinion, what are the best businesses to get into? Uh, The best businesses to get in right now is definitely everything that has to do with technology. Uh, that has to do with engineering, that has to do with, uh, with, with data management, data processing, because um, that, that has to do with content management, with organizing what's on our computers or emails uh, type of thing, because what we're seeing is an explosion of information. So what is needed more and more and more is tools for people to use to break down the information into being able to identify their own preferences as to what they want to watch, hear, and see, and which is in- irrelevant to them, you know, just to help us sift through the information. Those are the businesses that will be successful. When you're out giving your, your speeches and uh, you're brought in by a major corporation to talk to their, to their team, is there one specific question that you hear more than others? I think that a lot of times people know somewhere deep down that there's an issue with communication. Mm -hmm. And and it's often a communication between men and women. It's often a communication between introverts and extroverts. It's often about that the the contributions are not seen or heard. So I hear a lot of women uh, being frustrated that they can't seem to get, you know, sort of through the management to the director to the executive suite level. I hear a lot of introverts uh, complaining that they're not being heard by the extroverts. I hear extroverts complaining that introverts are not pulling in their share. So, and these are all things that with the right communication, we can really easily fix. It's astonishing to me on on in the year 2014, Rob, that we still 
don't know that there's a difference between how an extrovert and an introvert processes information. So how about mm-hmm. we give the introvert the time to deal with the information so they can come back to us? And how about we constantly push the extroverts and put them on the spots because that's what they love? But we cannot... We cannot apply a one-size-fits-all to everybody. And that's, I think, what's been so difficult lately. And that's what I hear from the question is like, how do we resolve that in a company? How do we, how do we change that understanding? As a, as a person who goes out and works with corporate America, in your opinion, what do you see as the number one problem? Communication. Yeah. I think it, 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 it's really... Um, communication, the communication is, and the fear which is instilled by corporate America that we have to perform. But because this how to perform is such a soft, soft comparison, a, a, soft, a soft thing, what does it even mean? You know, mm-hmm. is this monetary? Is it, is it time-wise? Do we have to put 60 hours in to perform? Is that what's expected? Is the number at the end of the day that counts? So I think there's a lot of confusion out there as to what that really means to be really productive, which is why a lot of companies are bringing in these, you know, wellness and outside experts that are now coming in and that they're saying, well, you know, if you work somebody 80 hours, uh, guess how productive, yeah. uh, you know, what the productivity is going to be. They're going to burn out. And so you're losing your best people within a few years because it's a, it's a pace that can't be sustained. So we do see the work-life balance becoming a bigger and a bigger issue so you know but it but it but it but it is shifting so finding that work-life balance and communicating what you're good at without the fear that your boss is breathing fire down your neck Mm -hmm. because you're better at this but you suck at that but that could be easily handled by the other guy who's really good at that so why can't i do this and so that's, I think, what we need to learn is how we play to each other's strengths constantly and everywhere. But isn't it true that one of the major problems that employees have today is that they know they're expendable because there's so much unemployment that if they don't jump when the boss snaps his finger, if they don't give 110%, even if it takes them bringing their work home and making sure it's done so that they secure the job, that they won't have to worry about being replaced. How do you deal with this? Well, this is where the personal value proposition comes in, is you got to know what you're worth, what, what you're worth. And you have to be able to talk about that. And I have, do we have time for another example? Oh, yes, ma'am. Okay, great. So I have a good story for you. So I work with a, a woman who is part of my, my women leadership uh, uh, course. Mm-hmm. And she is a female um, director in a, a, a VP. I'm sorry. She's a, a female VP in a company that does online health management. And 80% of this company clients are women. Mm-hmm. So she really is, you know, in the right position, and she is uh, in a company that primarily deals to women. Everybody else is men. So they go to a meeting, a conference, and the CEO is connecting with his buddies from from uh, from his uh, master's program, a very prestigious university. And the guys all go to the cigar bar, and you know they they do what guys do. She wasn't even invited. 
So when we were talking about this, and she says, how can I get this across to them? I said, well, you're going to have to make your personal value proposition clear. And in this particular case, it goes like this. You've got to be able to tell your boss, the CEO of a company, as, a, as an executive, that if you are the only woman to a company that serves 80% women, that it would be just absolutely idiotic to not have you at the table because you're the only person who can even speak to 80% of what your customers want because you are one of them. So the part about speaking up and this not making be a hostile, this is about me, but making it about the company, which is why I call it the value, the personal value proposition. So if I can say the value that I bring to the company has something to do with what I know, it's not necessarily about me, it's what I know. Now I've established my value. It's very expensive for a company to hire, to to recruit, to train new people, you know, they lose a lot of time and productivity to get somebody up to par. Oftentimes in, in the higher uh, level jobs, it takes a year to get somebody up to speed. So companies don't necessarily want to fire fast and, and quick and often. Companies want to retain. So it's your job to make your personal value proposition clear. But I, I've heard horror stories from people who work for major corporations where they've been told by the people that they report to that, hey, if you don't want to do this job, there's plenty of people out there who will take it. And you know what? And that is probably true. And I'm not saying that we're going to change this, Rob, in a minute. Yeah. We're not going to change this in a minute. I mean, corporations are a big machine. It's yeah. like, you know, it's like the big cruise ship out in the ocean. You know, you hit stop and then it still goes for like, what, another five miles before it finally stops. Mm-hmm. So yes, there is a lot of work to be done. But I'm saying that what what I do and what the Women's Code does and what I describe in Happy Woman, Happy World is all about what can each individual do right now at this very moment? What can I change? What can your listener change as they you know walk away from, from this conversation and take that into work tomorrow? And the more of us change and the more positive pressure we put out, the more the world will follow because we're just going to outnumber them. We're going to outnumber them, but they control the paychecks. They control the workplace. So, wouldn't it be wouldn't it make more sense to start at the top and let the changes trickle down? Well, we we do a lot of work. There is a lot of work done that is being mm-hmm. done at top. Um, there's been a uh, IBM did a famous CEO study that they published, and it said that. Um, that CEOs recognize that there is a tremendous external pressure. You know, we talk about social media. Can yeah. social media kill you? Social media can kill a business. And every sidestep that a company does, and there's so many cases, there's the airline, remember, where the guy uh, was looking out of the window and he sees these air baggage handlers throw his guitar around and they broke it. And he was sitting at the window and he was filming it on his camera. He put it on YouTube. Millions of hits later, that airline, you know, had a PR problem next to none. We've seen, um, you know, uh, I've had a case in where uh, where this company, the Color Run, was uh, was terrorizing this kid that you know had been shooting some things, and they tried to you know sue him and put him out of. Uh, I mean, it was misery. You know, I, I published a thing within 
within three weeks after I published this, the you know a year's worth of disaster went away, and they settled with the with 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 the kid, and everything went away. So let's not forget that the external pressure is a huge factor for companies, and they know that nobody's helpless anymore. Everybody is transparent. So if 63% of CEOs believe that mm-hmm. external pressure and transparency is an issue, then um, it is in their best interest to do something about it, and they are. They but, really are. But where does the acceptance based on a, a multimedia or social media campaign change from that to basically blackmail? Well, I mean, it's persuasion, right? I mean, it's it's uh, is there ever a good fight? Is there a clean fight? Is there a dirty fight? It's a fight. So um, we we are fighting. The people are fighting for for less stress and for a better balance. Women want to be able to raise their mm-hmm. children and actually see them grow up. And husbands want to be able to be home before their kids are in bed, so they can spend at least an hour a night with them and play with them. And you know, not not hopefully the kids are up so that the kid kisses them goodnight and the kid goes to sleep and the parent never has a relationship with the kid. So basically, so, I mean, what we're we are, seeing is all is fair in love and war. Well, you know, you got to fight for what you want, right? Yes, but isn't it possible in today's society that people are overextenuating themselves, and then they expect the compensation to come from their workplace? Think about that. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Welcome back, everyone. Our guest is Beate Chalette. She is the author of Happy Woman, Happy World, and her website is www. Do you have your pencils ready? Because I know you're going to want me to give it to you again. www.thewomanscode.com Beate, what I meant was that I understand that, that you know, people want to spend time with their kids and their family and that today's society seems to be not only the job place, but society in general is demanding more and more of the uh, time that they once had for home and leisure to be focused on the workplace. You know, kids are now very demanding. They want uh, this, they want the top of the line cell phone, they want the top of the line iPad, you know, you've got to pay 100 to $200 for sneakers, this, that, and the other thing. And then you've got the luxuries in the home that you want. And all this starts playing, and yes, you know, people say, yes, we, we want more money. Yes, we deserve more money. And I'm not saying they don't, but what I'm saying is if you push too hard, you know, companies will say, well, geez, you know what? We've got overhead, too. This is a business. We have to take certain cuts. We have to report to the board of directors. We have to lay people off. Yes, um, you, you're absolutely right. And I, but, but that's how business has always mm-hmm. been. I don't think that that will, will ever go away. There's no such thing as a, you know, uh, except maybe when you're in France. But um, it's not working so well for the French either. But there is no foolproof yeah. way to do things. So there will always be a risk. And let's not forget, I mean, we're living in America. 
So we are in a country where there's unlimited opportunity and unlimited everything, and it comes at a price. It mm -hmm. comes at the price that we are not tied down with all these rules that people in Scandinavia or Germany or, uh, or you know, in much of Europe are being tied down. So the good comes and the bad comes. I mean, it, it is either way. But what, what my message is and what the Women's Code talks about is we all have to make changes. Mm -hmm. We have to make changes for the women. We have to make changes the way we interact with each other and we're talking about social media. We have to make changes the way we, we perceive ourselves out there. You know, we are all transparent. So it's all about finding ways to better connect with each other and to figure out what it is that we want. Somebody may want a career. Mm -hmm. Somebody may want to, you know, uh, be okay with less money and spend more time with their kids. I think it's about respecting each other's choices. I agree. When has it ever been, when has it ever been different? You know, you're right, and it is a personal choice. Um, it's very competitive out there, not only in the job place, not only in the job market, but also for businesses and corporations. It's a cutthroat world out there, and it's hard for business, it's hard for the employee to, at times, meet eye to eye, whether you're a man, whether you're a woman, whether you're a boss, you know, it's, it's like you said before, it'll take more communication. And what is your final message you'd like to leave with the world tonight? My final message is that there's nothing wrong with you. You're perfect the way you are, but get very clear about what it is that you want and pursue that because um, it's all about personal responsibility and awareness and living a life that matters to you. That's really what I'm finding more and more. And, and, and learn about communication, because if you can talk about the way you want it, the rest is easy. Beate, I want to thank you ever so much for coming on the show tonight. I wish you much success. You make a lot of sense, and I can see that you're going to make a difference, a positive difference, and I thank you for that. Thank you so much for having me, Rob. Take care now. www.womanscode.com is the website. And I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. presents Married to Your Home. I'm disgusting. Oh, house, don't say that. You could live someplace so much better than me. That's not true. Oh, yeah? Look at these uneven stairs. Gross. House, you know I don't care. Ugh, and the squeaky door hinge. I think it's cute. No matter how much you already love your house, you'll love it more knowing you could save big bundling your home and auto with Progressive. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. 
The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. My first grader was behind in reading, and this program has made a huge difference. She's now reading above grade level. I use it for my kids' nightly reading for school. We love it, and it's super easy and quick to do. My kid, who just turned four years old and has been using the program since January of this year, can now read. Thank you so much, Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word KID to 323232 right now. It's fast and easy. Text KID to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text the word KID to 323232. Text KID to 323232.